Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We want to get online. We want to launch online. That's what we want to do. Um, we made the decision that um, we are, we're not going to sell anything that wouldn't, we wouldn't be proud to bring into our own home and mm. to our guests. I read a book back in 2012, uh, Creativity Inc. The very first page of the book, it says, quality is our business plan. And that just always resonated with me. Welcome back to the show, guys. Digital Social Hour. I'm your host as always, Sean Kelly. Got with me a great guest for you guys today who might change your perspective on the meat industry. CEO of Good Ranchers, Ben Spell. Hey, hey, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. How's it going? Yeah, dude, it's good. I just flew in from Houston. Nice. Boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> your story is very interesting, man. Um, so I know you used to be a pastor. Then you switched into becoming an entrepreneur, which is a very rare thing to happen, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was talking to some guys uh, in, in your green room, um, which, by the way, amazing studio. Thank you. Uh, yeah, this is this is really cool. Like, uh, never, I've never been in a podcast studio in a casino <laughs> before. Um, yeah, but uh, I was telling some guys in the green room that this was my very, I, ne- I did, never planned to be an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. never planned to start a business, and uh, Good Ranchers is the very first one that I started, and so I got... Really blessed uh, to go one for one so far with having success. Yeah, not a lot of people, their first company they start becomes an eight, nine figure brand. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, yeah, that's cool. But, um, you know, you, 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 you know my story. I was, a, I was a, a worship pastor at a mega church in Houston. Mm. And personally, I didn't like my salary coming straight from the church. Mm. And so I started, I actually started praying and asking God to give me a side hustle. Of course, this was back before the term side hustle was, a, uh, was coined. Right. <laughs> but uh, I started uh, asking God to give me something that I could do um, to make income that, uh, that way I could just volunteer at the church and not mm-hmm. have to, you know, it's, um, not that there's anything wrong with getting paid by the church. Yeah. You know, it's a full-time job. But just for me, that, just, that seed started growing in about over, over a year and a half or so, I kept having this idea of a meat company. And I kept and then I kept thinking, man, somebody could do somebody could start a meat company and and partner with farms and um, actually bring like quality to to American families uh, right. because at that time the really only big player was Omaha Steaks and um, I don't know if anybody from Omaha Steaks is going to listen to this but <laughs> they sell a bunch of crap yeah um, and like it's super it's low quality oh very low quality yeah. um, they don't 
disclose the grade of it. They have, oh, their, own, wow. they have their own grading system. <laughs> right. That's sketchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they don't disclose what the grade is of it, uh, uh, nor do they disclose like where it comes from. Uh, uh, there's no country of origin labeling law for beef mm. and for pork in the U.S. Wow. Um, so you can buy stuff in the grocery store that has an American flag sticker on it, and it says uh, that says um, product of USA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and it can come straight from Mexico. It can come wow. straight from a feedlot in Mexico, um, or Brazil, or Australia or New Zealand, yeah, anywhere, um, because there's no country of origin labeling law for beef and for pork. So when we found that out, that's really, um, uh, I got a little bit ahead of myself, but when uh, we decided to start a meat company, my wife and I, like I said, I started having this idea probably over the course of a year and a half, and, um, but I would share it with my wife every few months. I would say, man, somebody could do this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. Somebody could do this, 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 this. But that somebody was never me. And one day, I was, one morning, I was taking a shower, and I heard God's voice loud and clear. And I'm not really the type that just throws that around. But like, it was like loud and clear in my head. And it was, you go do it. Mm. And I, like, I had chills. And I came out of the bathroom, and I, I went to my wife, expecting her to say, you're crazy. That's stupid. Mm-hmm. What do you know about agriculture? You've never <laughs> ran a business. We don't have any money. Those are, you know, um, kind of thinking she would like talk some sense or talk it through. Um, but I think she could feel the conviction when I came and I said, I think God just told me to start a meat company. And uh, when I said that to her, she said, if you heard God, then I trust you. And wow. so we just had our first baby boy. He was about three months old at that time. Congrats. And uh, so, yeah, we... Came up with the name Good Ranchers, found somewhere to buy some meat, and I parked a truck in the parking lot of the mall in Waco, Texas. Mm. Um, was teaching myself how to run Facebook ads. This was in 2018. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was me selling meat out of the back of a truck. Um, and people started showing up. People started coming. And so we went from one truck to two trucks to three trucks to four trucks. By 2020, we had 20 trucks. Wow. Um, and yeah. were you cooking the meat or selling it raw? Raw. Wow. Yeah, yeah, just just selling. We were traveling all over the country. And the pandemic happened, um, and we were, that's when we, were, we. The plan was always to get online eventually. Yeah, um, selling meat, sell, selling anything that's perishable online is uh, pretty heavy. Uh, you need capital to do that. Mm. Um, it's not like uh, you know if you're selling something that's not perishable. Right. Uh, so selling perishable goods is really hard because they have to be shipped. Um, everything has to be shipped climate controlled. Yeah, with dry ice. Yeah, with dry ice, and uh, and it's got to be stored in climate controlled. Right. And, you know, so there's a there's a lot of um, barriers to entry there. Mm-hmm. So the plan was to always get online. Eventually, once we um, kind of built a brand, got some capital, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But when happened and the world shut down, we were like, we've got to get online now. Mm. And so uh, we were already talking to. Um, one distribution center to, to, to ship for us. And we just pulled the trigger. We weren't ready. Mm-hmm. Um, lost a ton of money. But, <laughs> but, because wow. uh, um, what we didn't, what we didn't realize is trying to ship everywhere in the, the lower 48 from one fulfillment center wasn't possible. Isn't, isn't practical. Right. The cost of shipping, you know. Oh. Uh, so you have to set up a shipping center on each time zone. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we have four now. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of the the quick story of how how we got how we got started and um, and like I said uh, when we first started I didn't even know because I have no background 
in agriculture or meat, I didn't know that there wasn't a country of origin labeling law. Mm -hmm. um, and so for the first 2018 and 2019, we were just buying meat from um, producers. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, and then once I started getting some buying, some purchasing power mm -hmm. um, and could cut out the middleman and start going direct, um, that's when I learned that most of what we had been buying was coming from Mexico, just wow. like the grocery stores and just like everything else. And, and, and uh, we really drew a line in the sand and said, no, we're gonna we want to support American farms and ranches. Yeah. I also learned in 2019 that um, that almost 20,000 independent ranches go out of business every year in the U.S. Wow. Multi generational, um, lots of them multi generational. That's a lot. Ranches. It is. It is. There's um, today there's 700,000 independent farms and ranches, and the average herd size. People have this idea of the meat industry, and they think of like factory farming, and, and uh, while that does go on, um, in the U.S., uh, there's 700,000 independent family-owned ranches, mm -hmm. and the average herd size is only about 50 cattle, small mm -hmm. little farms that they're, that they're just they're raising cattle. They're also raising um, other livestock as yeah. well, just trying to make a living. It's a right. sim simple life. Um, and about 20,000 of those go out of business every year um, for the last eight years. Jeez. Um, since, because with their no country of origin labeling law, sound like a broken record, but it's kind of our, it's kind right. of our stick, you know. Um, without a country of origin labeling law, you can just flood the market with undercut them. inferior meat. Right. Um, and, and it is inferior. I would, I would do a blind taste test with what we sell. Um, against our competitors any day. Um, and that's why we've been growing so fast. Yeah. Because when we, uh, my wife and I, when we learned this in about 2020, we, we said, okay, we want to, we're going to, we want to get online. We want to launch online. That's what we want to do. Um, we made the decision that um, we are, we're not going to sell anything that wouldn't, we wouldn't be proud to bring into our own home and mm. to our guests. Love that. So um, I read a book back in 2012, uh, Creativity Inc. Uh, by, uh, John Lasseter, the founder of Pixar, mm -hmm. and ver the very first page of the book, it says, quality is our business plan. Mm. And that just always resonated with me. Yeah. And so when we started thinking of how do we sell meat online, like, um, it's kind of easy to get, and this is for anybody who sells anything online, it's not hard to get somebody to buy something once, but if the quality's not there, mm -hmm. they're not going to keep buying. Right. So the goal is how do you get somebody to buy something and keep buying? So Repeat customer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have an 82% subscription rate. Holy. That's the highest I've ever heard. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. I mean, our growth has been um, 2021 was our first year online. Yeah. Um, and from 21 to 22, <clears throat> we, we grew 400% from 21 to 22. Wow. Um, and we're up 140% over 22 year to date. Crazy. Yeah. So how much of the meat at grocery stores is imported from other countries versus domestic? 85% of the grass-fed beef sold in the U.S. is imported. You serious? Ah, mm -hmm. oh, it's terrible. Yeah. And what makes the meat quality lower in other countries versus the U.S.? Um, great steaks, great cattle come from great feed mm -hmm. and um, you have to feed cattle the right way um, for them to marble out. Mm. People think that um, 
most people think that marbling is fat. Yeah. Marbling is not fat. There's steaks have fat caps and stuff like that. Mm. That's not marbling. Marbling is intramuscular fat. Mm-hmm. So um, you you want <clears throat> you 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 want to get that intramuscular fat through the meat because that's what makes it tender. That's what makes it juicy. That's what makes it actually have flavor and, mm-hmm. and good. And uh, so these. <clears throat> All the imported meat that's coming, they've realized, you know, when you're talking about Brazil, which there's lots of ethical things you can talk about. Like, <laughs> they're tearing down the rainforest yeah. to make more land to put more cows on because, we're, because it's such a uh, revenue stream for right. them. Also, ironically, the two largest meat packers in the U.S. are, Bra- are Brazilian-owned. Wow. Right. So if you're wondering why there's no country of origin labeling law, I mean— it's, yeah, sounds pretty corrupt. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, so, uh, and and it's the same with uh, pork. The mm-hmm. the largest um, Smithfield, largest uh, pork company is is actually owned um, uh, by an Asian company. Mm. Yeah. So it comes from China. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I wonder. Man, that's really concerning. And I just saw a clip the other day that even though it says grass fed on it, mm-hmm. doesn't mean they were grass fed their whole life. Mm-hmm. Right, just at one moment. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, yeah abs- absolutely. That's. Um, I mean, that's just how, just how it works. Uh, and again, cattle. Here's another thing: cattle can eat grains in certain certain kinds of grains. You shouldn't be shoving corn down their mouth the whole time. That's that's not healthy for right. them. Um, but cattle, just like most um, uh, mammals, need a variety need a variety of vegetation mm-hmm. and um, the cattle who live uh, that are raised in let's say Nebraska where there's like cornfields that yeah. just, and corn and stuff that just grows naturally in the wild um, they, <clears throat> the those cattle will get released once after the harvest season and and go eat down that field mm. you know but they're eating the husk and the they're the, people think that they're just eating um, like the corn on a cob right yeah it's not even the same thing um, they'll release those cattle to the field because those fields need, uh, you know, they're, you can only plant so many times before you, you've taken all the nutrients out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Cattle are an amazing animal because you can release them to a field that can't grow anymore and they're going to eat and, you know, Oop. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then that you said it. <laughs> and, then, and then stomp it into the ground yeah. and bring that, li- that field back to life. Wow. Um, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, and that's, and, that's why it, it pains me that cows are so demonized as the enemy for global, you know, like global warming or saw climate, climate change yeah. and all this stuff. When um, 200 years ago, there was 30 million more. Um, 200 years ago, there was uh, estimated 60 to 90 million bison roaming in um, the, the, the plains of North America. Yeah. 60 to 90 million. And today, there's only about 30 million cattle for beef consumption mm. in the U.S. So, but yet cattle are being demonized as the, the problem for climate change. Um, yeah, that doesn't make sense. It, yeah, if you just do the math, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, and they're actually amazing animals because, like I said, they, they, they're regenerative. They, mm-hmm. they can be put out into fields, and that's how these farmers use them. Yeah. Like, um, the, they'll bring fields that are dead back to life. I never knew that. Yeah. It's cool. 
one thing that's pretty controversial is this this grass finished labeling. Now I noticed on your website a lot of your meat is grain finished, right? Yes, just just like uh, so we're in the wind, right? Yeah. Go to the steakhouse. Um, there, uh, every steak in this in a steakhouse in ninety nine point nine percent of all of Vegas and the U.S. and most of the world um, is going to be grain finished mm-hmm. um, because that's how you get the marbling and the flavor. Um, now, you shouldn't be, um, you know, there's, there's ethical ways to finish and there's unethical ways to finish. And mm-hmm. everyone's, uh, lots of people have seen, you know, the kind of grotesque feedlot cows shoved into this, you know, just muddy, right. poopy area and just disgusting and all, all on top of each other. That's, those videos are coming from PETA. That does exist, um, but that's not, the entire industry. Mm. There's lots of people, like I said, those 700,000 independent farms and ranchers that still exist in yeah. the U.S. today. Um, I, I, I go to them regularly. Mm. These, these are people who care for their animals. They're, they're, they're living in the wild. They're, right. you know, um, and uh, so, yeah, grain has been demonized. Again, you want to talk about the corruption. Um, this, there's been this whole war on grass finished, grass fed beef, grass finished beef is, is better for you. Yeah. Um, and they use these marketing claims like, well, it's got three times the amount of uh, omega fatty acids mm-hmm. and uh, uh, grass finished beef versus grain finished mm-hmm. beef. Um, that's such a mislabeling claim because beef is not a significant source of omega fatty acids. <laughs> oh, man. Right. So. Yeah. So the study actually goes like this: um, if 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 beef is raised on grass its whole life, um, that it, it'll have approximately nine um, grams of fatty acids mm-hmm. per service of the of, of the omegas per serving. Um, if it eats grain, it'll have about three or four. So that's the three to four times. One almond has like a thousand. Wow! You see what I'm saying? Beef is not uh, beef is not how you get your yeah. your omegas. Um, there's lots of other, um, and that what they don't talk is you, the same amount of iron and creatine and, and um, vitamin K and all the, like the healthy nutrients of beef and, mm-hmm. and protein, um, it's, it's one for one the same. Mm. But they use that, that omega fatty acids, um, it's healthier, it's three times more, right. but beef isn't a significant source of that. Yeah, they, they just zoned in on one vitamin and made that their argument, right? Yeah. And again, because it's cheaper to raise cattle, um, feed costs money. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just plain and simple. And especially high quality feed, right. um, um, like it, it costs money. So you can raise cattle on grass almost for free mm-hmm. because they just have, they just, um, and, and that's why they taste so bad. Mm. You have to feed them, you have to fatten them up. I mean, yeah ex-pastor here read the bible <laughs> like they, they talk about the fatted calf right yeah like if you're going to have a party like kill the fatted calf because that's the good one if you mm-hmm. don't get them if you don't get them fat they don't have marbling and they don't taste good so back to the steakhouses here in vegas and everywhere in the u.s they're all selling grain uh beef that's finished on grain um and what always me is you know like the most expensive uh beef in the world right now is is uh waggy, waggy, right? waggy yeah. beef right they're fed grains their whole life. Mm. Like, they, they, <laughs> they never eat a bite of grass. Yeah, you never hear that about it. And you never hear that. Yeah. Like, it's, 
it's weird that like American beef has become the problem for everything. Yeah. Um, but don't get me down the rabbit hole. <laughs> well, it is weird. I think one part of it is there's certain farms that use antibiotics and vaccines, right? You chose the route of not partnering with those farms and making less money, which is why I really respect what you guys do. Yeah, because honestly, the consumer is only going to pay what they're going to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it costs a whole lot more. <laughs> yeah. To, it costs a whole lot more to raise uh, the right way and to, to buy that way. Um, but again, um, it's like what I said earlier, my wife and I, I don't want to put that in my body. Like, I care about what, what I eat. Right. Um, we care about what we feed our kids. And so we said, you know what? We're going to, we're, we're going to, um, we're only going to sell what we're going to eat in our own house and what we would want to give to our friends and family. Absolutely. One thing I also saw on your website, which I've never seen this before, was you lock in the price for two years on your products. Yeah, that's kind of biting us a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like yeah. took a step back and I was like, man, these guys really care about just getting great product in people's hands because, yeah. like I said, you could have made millions more yeah. raising yeah, yeah, yeah. prices. My CFO talks to me about it every day. <laughs> um, but you know what? Uh, I grew up pretty poor. You know, that I, I want to be careful. I, lots of people had it worse than me. Right. I never starving. Um, but we weren't eating steak. Okay. Um, you know, a box of mac and cheese. Yeah. Like pop tarts, um, deli meat and hot dogs. Like that's, that's how I grew up. Mm. Um, and so when starting a meat company, it was really important to me that we, we could make it as accessible as possible, Mm -hmm. high quality, but as accessible as possible. And that's why we did the price. The, that's why we do the price log because, um, you go to the grocery store seasonally and, um, something uh i'll i'll use filet mignon for 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 an example but like there's parts of the year where you'll go and it could be 22 dollars a pound and then you try to go in the holiday season Mm -hmm. and it's going to be 30 uh 39 to 42 dollars wow because they know more people want to buy right so um it's it's kind of hard to plan your protein uh, around your family um especially if you're if you have a budget and you can only spend so much, it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to know. Well, if I, one day I go to the grocery store and ribeyes are sixteen dollars a pound, and then, but then a month later I go and they're twenty six dollars a pound. Well, now I can't buy the the meat that I want for my family. Yeah. Um, so just factoring all of that in, uh, we said, you know what, we want to allow people to buy it, lock in their price, and um, we we, you know. We we hope we come out on the on the right side of it because beef is a beef is a commodity. All meat, you know, it's a commodity, and the price goes up and the price goes down. And, right. and um, so we try to take positions as far ahead as we can yeah. um, to kind of hedge against that. Um, we need some more hedging right now mm-hmm. because <laughs> prices are up uh, about fifty percent. Dang. Um, year to date, uh, well, from this time last year to now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, there's been droughts everywhere, like the smallest herd sizes ever. And because we won't bend on, on um, buying from, uh, buying non-domestic, mm-hmm. you know, it, we, could, we could slash our prices if we wanted to source from Mexico or yeah. from Brazil or South America. Like, I mean, we could, like, slash our prices. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, quality is our business plan. So um, what good does it do to slash our prices and then people stop buying from us because they don't like it? Quality, yeah. Like you said, 82% return rate, yeah. super high. Yeah. Are there other countries that have respectable methods for their, their cows or do you think U.S. is number one? U.S. is number one. 
Yeah. Yeah, U.S. is number one. Uh, and it's crazy because we actually export a lot of the higher-end beef, like a lot of the prime beef mm -hmm. um, gets exported to other countries because they value it more mm. than we do. Wow, I didn't know that. So oh, people yeah. are eating American steak in other countries? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we export um, quite a bit of beef. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, it's funny. I always talk about beef because, when, you know, our logo is a cow and think good ranchers, so, you know, and when you just think meat, you think steak. Um, but, um, you know, we sell chicken, pork, and mm -hmm. seafood as well. We do yeah. all wild-caught seafood now. Uh, we just launched that about three weeks ago. So nice. Super excited. Because um, it's it's actually amazing, um, but there's a saying around our company that people come for the steaks and stay for the chicken mm. because um, organic chicken is just crap. It, it really? It, oh yeah, it's like it, I mean, and if anybody's listening, and like, I challenge you uh, like, like, to do a taste test. Like, I'm telling you, like the the um, organic chicken, we figured out like the man figured out how okay, we can get people to pay more. We can raise it almost the same exact way as we've mm -hmm. been doing it, but we can get people to pay twice the price for it um, because the, the claim, according to the USDA, is that they have to be fed organic feed and have access to outside. Mm -hmm. So they're still putting them in pens and just shoving mm. feed down, them, down their throats, and they, they never go outside. <laughs> They have access to outside. Oh, uh, just access. But why are they going to leave? The why are they going to leave when you're throwing all the food, the feed wow. in their pens? So and nothing by, changed. And by access, it's a 18 inch by 18 inch hole, <laughs> 300 yards down uh, at the end. That's the only difference. That's their access to outside. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah you pay like double the price too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now and so and with us, um, when you buy chicken from us, you're you're getting chickens that actually go outside. Um, and are never given antibiotics, never, um, uh, never any, uh, um, I we say no hormones ever. That's a misleading claim as well, because, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's illegal to put hormones in chicken. Right. Um, oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, wow. it's been illegal for a long time. And uh, if you ever, if you look at the claim on the, uh, on every label in the grocery store, they'll sometimes they'll put it real big. No hormones ever. Yeah. I see it all the time. Yeah. But in, what they're not saying is no antibiotics ever. Mm. They'll say no hormones ever, and they'll put it real big to make you think. And then there's a couple of asterisks there that say, and then down at the bottom it says the USDA does not allow the use of horm growth promoting hormones. Mm. Like, yeah, oh, I gotta check the eggs I'm buying, man. I, there's so many different types of eggs, and they keep <laughs> promoting like a new healthier one. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's. I love that we live in a time where people are starting to care more about what they put in their body. Yeah, same. Like, um, like my parents, the, 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 the government did a huge disservice to, to a, a, a couple of generations uh, and by the government. I mean, like, the FDA. Yeah, the food pyramid yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, just, they did a horrible disservice. And then in the 70s, they came out with all this fat is bad and fat-free yeah. and then ultra processing everything and, right. and, and, um, it just, it just jacked up a, a couple of generations of people. Yeah. You are what you eat Yep. and we should be eating real food that's raised right. Um, and that's it. Yeah. Like, I the, agree. This processed crap has to, no, has, it has to, to stop. stop all the canned stuff, all the processed stuff. It's got yeah. to stop. So is it true farm raised fish is actually really bad for you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Why is that? Is it because it's a small um, area for the fish, and they're the, just the the water, yeah, and they're and they're just recycling the fish through, and they're yeah. putting them back in, and so they they're they they throwing bags of antibiotics like this antibiotic in a powder mm-hmm. like form they throw it into the water to, Jeez. and um to kill the bacteria yeah um and the fish are swimming in it <laughs> eating it drinking it oh my and, gosh um it's i mean it's just absorbing into them yeah i accidentally ate some farm-raised fish when i was in bolivia and i got sick for three days yeah it was terrible yeah yeah and the color's not the same no nah. like, yeah yeah so without price being a factor what's your favorite type of steak Angus. Angus. Upper, upper choice Angus uh, steak as far as, okay, it, well, I probably got a little too granular, granular <laughs> for you there. Sorry. Uh, you know, to a hammer, everything's a nail. Uh, yeah. To a, to a meat guy. <laughs> it's, it's more than a T-bone. Uh, so, but my, f- I, I get a lot of judgment here, okay, because I love ribeyes. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I yeah. love ribeyes. Um, but my favorite is an upper choice Angus New York strip. Okay. Yeah. New York. Yeah. Interesting. That's and a rare one. It it but that's it's it's so good. It's 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 still has a, a good amount of that intramuscular marbling, um, but it's just a little bit leaner. And when it's raised right, when it's aged right, mm-hmm. um, it, it's just nice. I'll try it out. Yeah. Is it true when animals get scared or they get stressed out, it affects the actual quality of the meat? Hundred percent. Really, hundred percent. How does it affect that? Uh, because when when you when you get stressed, your 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 muscles tighten up. The whole idea, and when a muscle uh, tightens up, it gets tougher. Mm. Especially if it tightens and contracts and tightens and contracts. I mean, think about when you work out. Yeah, yeah. You break your muscle down, you rebuild, it builds back, and it's tighter, it's mm-hmm. firmer. Um, so it's the same thing in animals. That's why the tenderloin is the most tender. Because it, uh, that, it's the muscle that runs across the top of the spine um, uh, uh, of the cattle. And uh, it's, actually, it's also, by the way, filet mignon is the other side of the New York strip. is the other side of the T-bone. Oh, okay. So T-bone is the spine. The spine. And this side is the New York strip. This side, oops, sorry. This side is the tenderloin. Yeah. And, uh, and it just runs down the spine. And that tenderloin uh, muscle, um, because cows, they dip their head. Um, and they'll bend their knees, but their spine never moves. Mm. So that's why it stays super tender because it, it, it gets the least amount of use mm-hmm. uh, during a life. But if you stress them out, if they get scared, um, and, and they're in a, a horrible environment, um, they're not going to grade out. They're not, like, uh, the, the meat can actually come out darker. Interesting. Um, yeah, I've noticed there's some dark spots on some meat. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's super dry. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's why, going back to American farms, American ranchers, they they realize it's in their best interest to raise the animals humanely, mm-hmm. to raise the to like take extreme care because the higher they grade out, the more money they're mm. going to make. Interesting. So, um, man, I was uh, I, uh, in April. I was with a with with a ranching family in um, Idaho. Mm-hmm. And they were telling me the story of it was like the, one of the worst winters that they've had in, in a long time. And um, during the calving season in February, they knew there was a couple calves that were supposed to be born that night. And they, they went and checked for them. They weren't, they weren't, they weren't born. Mm-hmm. They went back around 
one, one in the morning, two in the morning, went back out to see if they were born. And they, they had been born, but it had been probably an hour or so. And they were just like frozen. Mm. And like they, they didn't think they were going to make it through the night mm-hmm. um, because it was just so cold and snowy. They pick them up. They bring them into their living room of, <laughs> of their house yeah. and put them by the fire and wrap them in blankets. Like, wow. That's the, like, that's the type of agriculture raising that, yeah. um, that, that we're talking about. That's what you get when you buy from us. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and again, but... And when people just, they, you know, they throw like feedlot and it's bad and like, no, there's a right way to raise animals. And, Absolutely. And there's lots of people in the U.S. doing it that way. Love it. Ben, it's been super insightful learning more about the meat industry. Anything else you want to end off with or promote? Um, yeah. If you're not buying meat from GoodRanchers.com, <laughs> you should be. We'll uh, put a link in the description. Yeah. Um, you know what? I can have my, uh, I'll, I'll have my team do free bacon for anybody, um, Oh, wow. Yeah, free Thank you for, for anybody who, uh, on your first purchase. Nice. Guys. Let's do it. Maybe promo code Sean. Yeah, let's do that. Put in the link. Yeah. By promo the way, our bacon, uh, you'll never want to eat any other bacon. Oh, I love me some bacon, so I'm excited. I'm going I'm to I'm make you get a chest freezer. A deep freezer. <laughs> I'm going to send you so much meat. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for coming on, for real. Yeah. Thanks for watching, guys. Great episode. Check out Good Ranchers if you want great quality meat. Otherwise, I'll see you next time.